Hey, welcome to another weekend show here on Down in Alabama. I'm Ike Morgan, and Lita Gore has been kind enough to join me on these discussions where we spend a little time on a topic or two that apply to folks here in our state. Good morning, Lita, or good afternoon, good or whenever, whenever the listeners are listening. That's what's good right now. Uh, <laughs> How about we'll just say good day. That's, that sounds good to me. Now, this summer, a story in the Wall Street Journal named Huntsville as one of a handful of smaller places that might be inheriting some of the tech stroke that Silicon Valley has. Now, Huntsville's not a real big place, but pound for pound, it's the rocket city, and it holds its own with technology and scientists and engineers and a lot of the smart fields. But then Forbes ran a feature that referenced, quote, Birmingham's bid to become the Southern Silicon Valley. And that's Birmingham, the big iron city. My old granddaddy used to ask me how I was getting along in the working man's town, right? But, of course, now it's a big medical town, too, and some other things. I live in Birmingham, and Lita grew up here, but now she's in Huntsville. Lita, my first question, does it feel like you're in Silicon Valley? Well, it actually kind of does. <laughs> um, the the They are very different cities, which I guess we can talk about, but... A lot of people, every time somebody comes here from, you know, out of state, if you take them to what we, our research park here, which is Cummings Research Park, it, it's the second largest in the world. And so, it, you know, you drive by and there's every defense contractor and all these high-tech computer places. And so um, it, it is very much that type of feel. The big difference in, say, like a Silicon Valley where you've got lots of computer stuff is we throw in missiles and helicopters. Right. That's, that's the big difference as far as Huntsville is we'll shoot you down while we're that's, – right. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're, they're developing technology to shoot people down. And mm-hmm. um, uh, that, to, to me, that's the big difference. But it does because, you know, we have a ton of engineers and we have a, a ton of um, high-paying tech jobs. So there is that – there is that high tech feel, but yet the cost of living is low. So oh, that's yeah. a big benefit, you know, yeah. to, compared yeah. to say Seattle or something. Yeah, and we'll we'll definitely get into that a little bit when we talk about the whole thing. What got this discussion going was a story we had on AL.com. William Thornton wrote it with the headline, "Which city is the Southern Silicon Valley, Birmingham or Huntsville?" And we couldn't stand not attacking that because we're we're pitting these cities against each other, right? But uh, re- regular listeners have heard Bill's reporting on the show during the week before. Now we got him live. It's good to have you, Bill. And people who ain't good from evening. <laughs> good evening, right? <laughs> that, I'm sure it is. Now, yeah. people, people who ain't from around here, as we like to say, might be baffled by the idea of Alabama being the Silicon Valley of anything, right? What is it that's bringing Alabama and technology together? Well, you've got what Lita mentioned, which is, you know, historically, Huntsville, going back to Cold War days, was Rocket City. So you had uh, this confluence of, of uh, aviation and uh, technology in the drive to get to the moon. With Birmingham, what you have is a, a lot of tech startups, these really small companies with committed people who are putting together uh, their ideas. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've got some of the same action that's happening in Huntsville. You just have it away from that sort of government sort of, of uh, nexus of money. You have... Uh, uh, things that are associated with the medical field because of all the hospitals and, and healthcare industry in Birmingham. But you also have just tech companies, uh, uh, 
uh, things that are uh, coming up that are coming out of uh, Innovation Depot, and uh, it's it's uh, it's something that's exciting to people in Birmingham to see that kind of thing come almost from the ground up. Uh, so that's mainly where those two stories are coming from, identifying those two cities. Once I moved up into this part of the state, I had a lot more of a sense of, you know, what Birmingham can offer in in terms of like your, your startups and, and that, that kind of energy that's been growing here for the last 10 years. Well, I was just going to say, um, a few months ago, I, I was interviewing somebody who uh, has their own uh, kind of mini incubator. They are a company that forms other companies around specific uh, products, and they don't necessarily all have to be in the same vein. They just have a lot of engineering know-how, and they'll tackle a problem, and then they'll spin off a company to support a product. And one of the things the guy was telling me was is that if you are in New York or if you are in Silicon Valley or if you are in a big city, uh, you know, several million people with lots of companies, you have to fight for money, you have to fight for attention, you have to fight for uh, a workforce. And Birmingham allows you the freedom to kind of spin off your own ideas in an area where there's enthusiasm, but not a lot of competition as yet. There's more competition coming, but there's also this sort of, um, you know, you're not on the beaten path, so to speak. How do you get more people to, to come to Birmingham? I guess that's the, to, to get those workers and those kinds of people. are They're doing it for the freedoms in Birmingham and, and I guess the money that's in Huntsville. I, I think also there is a difference, and that is that in both cases, the, the boom and the, the need for new technology is driven by necessity, which is in Huntsville, you know, you had NASA that was doing all these things. Well, you had to have technology to support that. And then you had actual Army munitions here. That pulled out, so people had to fill in the void. You know, and they were lucky and smart enough to diversify a Redstone Arsenal so that it's, you know, not, not just the Army now. You have NASA, you have ATF, you have FBI. You know, there's no telling what all's out there. We don't even know. And it's sort of the same thing in Birmingham. My father grew up working, or when I grew up, my father worked 30 years at a plant in Birmingham. And while his plant is still there, a lot of them aren't, or the jobs aren't paying what they were, you know, and the benefits aren't there that they used to be. So I think what happened is you have to have these technology and these new ideas and changing with the times because it fills that void. So it may be that Huntsville's just further down the road of getting those things done. The one thing between the two communities is money. Uh, in Huntsville's case, you have a lot of government money that's there uh, in terms of grants, in terms of programs, in terms of projects. Uh, with Birmingham, what you see is the problem that other tech startup communities around the country have is capital. You, you have some capital, but you don't have the kind of capital that you have in, say, a Silicon Valley or Austin, Texas or, you know, Seattle or whatever. Uh, some people are trying to um, take advantage of that. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, the formation of what they call the Alabama Futures Fund, which uh, Charles Barkley and several other uh, heavy rollers or big hitters came up to the bat and put together a capital fund with the idea of funding these kinds of companies, uh, not just in Birmingham, but throughout the state. And the idea is, is you don't get any money unless you move your headquarters or you form your headquarters in the state of Alabama. 
And a lot of people are pointing to that as kind of a turning point in a way that hmm. one of the problems that Alabama as a whole has had has been access to venture capital. Uh, yeah. In Huntsville, you have a lot of capital there because of the government presence, uh, something that you don't necessarily have in, in Birmingham, but maybe some of that's changing. Let me say this, too, because Bill touched on an interesting point, and it's, it's a hard one for a lot of people to understand. And I didn't understand it until I really started looking a lot at government contracts because so much of what goes on in Huntsville, I've always said people in Huntsville couldn't tell you who the governor is, but they'll tell you who the, you know, the assistant secretary of defense is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. The, money, the money up here doesn't come from the state. It comes from the federal government. And contracts for these type of things, you'll see you know, Boeing gets $6 billion contract. And some of the work will be performed in Huntsville. They don't actually hand you a check for $6 billion. You know, it's almost like you're drawing upon it, and there's different things like that. And a lot of that money comes into this community and goes out of this community in the form of contracts because it's going to, you know, Massachusetts or Arizona or wherever they're headquartered. But the big difference is what does stay here are the salaries paid to employees. And just at Redstone Arsenal, let's say 36,000 people are at Redstone Arsenal. There's only 1,200 uniformed personnel. So there's only 1,200 soldiers. The rest are all contractors and government employees, and they make a lot of money. And so the difference is not just that we've got contracts, we have money coming into the businesses, it's that the wages are higher. And when you get higher wages, you get better housing, you get better schools, you get all those things that come with it. And I think that's where Birmingham struggles a lot, is paying those higher wages that then it comes into, you know, you can attract a Remington in Huntsville or a Polaris in Huntsville or the new Toyota Mazda plant. I hate to go on and on about Huntsville, but we've had a lot of success in the last two years. Well, so yeah. It's, and it's those kind of plants that come in. And it's still small enough up there that the cost of living is, is relatively contained, at least for now. Sure. Oh, yeah. And, and that, we don't have that, that the you know, they're expensive houses, but they're still affordable houses, but yet on a whole, the schools are all very good. The public schools are very good. So um, the the struggle that we might have, that Birmingham might not have, is not finding enough workers. You know, you're you're always wanting to build more housing for workers in places that that because you've got to attract those bodies to work at that assembly line. Mm-hmm. You just touched on something though that the reason that Huntsville and Birmingham are both getting this exposure is because of cost of living, because Silicon Valley itself is horribly expensive. You know, it's it's a, a, a house in, in that area, in the lower San Francisco Bay, runs you about a million dollars more than a house in Birmingham or Huntsville. And, it, you know, that translates not just into housing, but also cost of living in every other sphere. Uh, it's expensive to live in California. It's, ex- it's especially expensive to live in urban California. And... When people look around for places that don't have those costs, they're naturally going to gravitate to the South because of the low cost of living here. It's one thing that we always trumpet when we're trying to bring in new businesses. You can come down here, you got a low cost of living, low taxes, all that sort of thing. So that is one of the reasons why you have national publications looking at a Huntsville, looking at a Birmingham, is because of the low cost of living. Another thing, too, is the when you're talking about uh, how many jobs there are, scarcity of jobs, that that's not just Huntsville, though. That's everywhere. I mean, there are a lot of places that are hurting, trying to fill positions 
that they can fill now that the economy has gotten better. They had gotten used to the idea of doing more or less during the recession, and now they're trying to come out of it, but they're not finding that workforce that they expected when you know times got better. You talk about people looking to the South. Is, is there a place in the South that we're competing with? The one we always hear about here is North Carolina. You know, it always comes down to, uh, for, for Mazda and all these others, to North Carolina. And a lot of that is um, a low union presence because these companies don't want to go places where they're big unions. Alabama's not a, a union-friendly or heavy state. And so it comes down to that. Our cost of living is a little lower. Their education system is better. Um, so we, we hear, uh, and I think Birmingham deals with North Carolina too, North Carolina, South Carolina, that, that region. Not as much Mississippi, and I think that's interesting because I know that Nissan has a large plant in Mississippi. I, I'm sure Alabama would love to have had that giant plant, and, and Nissan has found a real struggle to keep workers there. So there's definitely a, um, a competition, but I think Alabama usually, usually comes out pretty well. There's two things there uh, with North Carolina. It's also, you see this in terms of, say, competing with, say, Atlanta. It's just in terms of infrastructure. Some of these companies are looking for infrastructure that's already there that they can pull on. Remember last year there was a big push for Amazon's second headquarters, and Birmingham made a push for it, Huntsville made a push for it. But the thing is is that they were looking for an enormous amount of already existing infrastructure. They were talking about hiring 50,000 people for this headquarters, if I remember right. That is a, an enormous workforce. And, you know, you're, you're also looking for people with very technical skills, uh, highly trained workforce. And, you know, to be honest, Alabama as a whole struggles in that, largely because of, you know, our reputation in terms of education and, and you know, going back historically. So, you know there are some there are some places that are going to have built in you know built in advantages over Alabama uh, you know going back to sheer numbers I mean I, I mentioned it in the story Silicon Valley is an area of about four million people there's only about four and a half million people in the entire state of Alabama yeah that's incredible I'm not broken it down like that <laughs> well you know and and also we 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 we've we forget about this. I mentioned this kind of briefly in the story, but you know, Huntsville and Birmingham are two, you know, two largest cities in Birmingham, in uh, Alabama, obviously. But you're you're talking when you say Silicon Valley, you're talking about ten to twelve cities. That's how big that is. Uh, and you're talking about uh, cities that have, you know, uh, large portions of their population are engineers, are IT people, are mm-hmm. You know, you name it. They, you know, they have the people there. Now that didn't happen overnight. Obviously, they came there, but they've been making Silicon Valley ever since the end of World War II, basically. And a lot of things went into building it. And you know, uh, I mentioned in the story, in a way, you could see in 50, 60 years something like Silicon Valley involving both Huntsville and Birmingham, because they're not that far apart. You know, in terms of uh, geography, obviously there you know there are some major differences, not just you know in terms of the background of the cities, the infrastructure, all that sort of thing, but you could kind of see where some of these companies would work together in between the two cities to kind of uh, uh, build things up. 
Well, yeah, the uh, I think... it can be a whole corridor, uh, a, sil- a southern mm-hmm. silicon corridor with uh, I sixty five. I mean, Coleman will be the home of the smartest yeah. people in America. It hey, already y'all gonna is. have to convince. Right. Y'all are gonna have to convince Huntsville that they're actually part of the rest of Alabama, though. And I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure they yeah, want to do that. Yeah. And that is, and I'm saying, yeah. I say that tongue in cheek, but there is not. I mean, and the difference is, is not that everybody up here is like, oh, I'm, you know, how dare you be part of Alabama? That's not it. There's so many people here who are not from this state. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. when I grew up in Birmingham, I I knew very few people who were from somewhere else. And if they were from somewhere else, dear Lord, they were from Georgia or Mississippi. You know, and <laughs> and I can walk out my front door and, and tell you where this, you know, I've got somebody from Utah, I've got somebody from California, I've got somebody from Arizona. They they always say, well, I came here and Huntsville was better than I thought, but I went to fill in the dot place in Alabama and oh my gosh, you know. So I think there's yeah. there's that sort of hurdle to get over. That said... One of the reasons I think that has not happened in the past is North Alabama in particular is amazingly low represented when it comes to the governor's office. And we've never had that, you know, real person who could tie the whole state together. It's just not ever been there. I mean, we had Guy Hunt from Coleman, you know, what was he going to do? But fly up here and preach at us. But other than that, we were good. (laughs) So I don't know, you know, if we had that, and this is not a you know endorsement go Tommy battle in the future. That's not what I'm saying. He's the mayor of Huntsville, if you don't know. But but it, someone who could sort of champion that other than just show up for a ribbon cutting that's in Huntsville, that yeah. would be good. Yeah, yeah. It's we um we we recently got a new uh, ball team up in Madison, which is which is close to to Huntsville up there. And my suggestion for the nickname, they had a big to do about and everybody voted on the nickname was for it to be the the North Alabama transplants. It just really seemed to fit. <laughs> As opposed to the trash pandas, which is where they landed. <laughs> right. Um, well, and you know, it, that's kind of a, I'm glad you mentioned Madison because I actually live in Madison as opposed to Huntsville, which is like saying I live in Homewood as opposed to Birmingham. It's kind of the same thing. But, you know, Madison's a town of 40,000 people. And in Alabama, that's actually a big place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's sort of the transplanted. But what's interesting is if you look at um, – you go into one of these high schools here and ask them if they have an engineering team or a rocket team, they all do. Whoa. I know of a, a school in a low-income area that has brand-new computers. Everything's brand-new because Raytheon donated it to them. So, oh, wow. You know, that's another difference <laughs> what a is benefit. That corporate – Right, the corporate sponsorship and the brain trust, because not only do you get, you know, our Boys and Girls Club here has people that are engineers that come in every week that do nothing but STEM. So it's that constant. Now, the the difference is, though, although it's changed a little bit, you know, when I was in Birmingham, it was medical and insurance. Those were the two big industries, other than your, you know, your steel and your pipes, but it was medical and, and, and insurance businesses, big insurance businesses. And... Medical is still there. Hunt, you know, med- medical in Huntsville, we have a, we have some good facilities, but it's not that sort of driving force that it is in Birmingham. So it'd be interesting to see, other than Hudson Alpha, which of course is amazing, but um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if maybe that's not a better way to to unite the places. Is sort of this cutting edge medical technology and research, which would be to me a little easier to to do than you know transplanting making missiles to Birmingham. Well, that's, you know, you, you, when you're talking about Birmingham, though, you're not just talking about Birmingham, uh, especially if you're talking about schools, 
you're talking about Hoover, Homewood, Vestavia Hills, Mountain Brook, and you know I covered uh, cities around Birmingham suburbs for you know uh, almost ten years with the news, and you know there's they're having different conversations in Clay than they're having in Mountain Brook. Sure, you know, they have money to spend in Mountain Brook. If you walk into the Mountain Brook High School, you are in a different universe than virtually any other kid in the state of Alabama because of all the money that goes into that school. Uh, and that's a different experience than, say, somebody over in, you know, Bessemer or, or you know, name, name your suburb, Fultondale, Gardendale, you know, however okay, it is. Okay, I have to tell you, and, I have to tell you that, okay. that uh, to, to total aside, but this is kind of how we roll around here, is that for the yeah. longest time when my husband and I were going to Birmingham because he's from Mississippi, we he's from the uh-huh. you know the big the big developed part of Mississippi, you would pull into Gardendale and he'd say, well we're in Birmingham and I would say no we're in Gardendale and then we'd get to Fultondale or whatever and he'd be we're in Birmingham no we're in Fultondale we're in Hoover no we're <laughs> so that you're you uh-huh, hit on yeah. a very important point people look at that all as Birmingham but I I don't because I grew up there I think of Birmingham as yeah. you know. Downtown. <laughs> what I think of. Yeah, and and when you get when you get people in that conversation about Birmingham, that's something that's a distinction that I think sometimes gets lost. Is is you know the some of the some of the tech stuff that we're talking about is downtown Birmingham. Uh, the Birmingham metro area involves a lot of suburbs and a lot of uh, conflict, uh, which has been one of the limitations of of the area economically. You know, going back several years. Well, they're going to have to fix the crime problem. I mean, let's just let's just be real real blunt. I mean, Huntsville's had its moments this year that I think, oh my gosh, are we turning into Birmingham? But Birmingham has a bad reputation for crime, and I just think that's going to be. If I was recruiting against them, if I'm the company recruiter, the first the first two things I would pull out would be crime in schools. I mean, in education, and I think that's got to be addressed in a lot of ways. And I think there's some positive momentum there. But I think for Birmingham, that's the two biggest stumbling blocks are crime and education. I think some of that may be changing in terms of the reputation that the city is getting in the last year after uh, Mayor Woodfin's election. Because, I mean, we've done a lot to try and bolster the image of the city and particularly the idea of the city leading in uh, attracting some of these uh, big you know these big employment projects, which you know I, I think I think has done a lot for this the national reputation of the city. Oh yeah, he's the positive momentum I was referring to. Yeah, I mean there there is a different a different attitude and different mindset, and you know let's just bear down now on some of those really big problems. But even the small things, you know, um, as as silly as it sounds, but just having more of a presence on social media and promoting some of the things you're doing. Then you go back to these economic development places and say, hey, look, you know, we just bought band uniforms for every high school in Birmingham. And, it, it, you know, it's a positive, a positive message that I think, it's, I think Birmingham needs. But, again, I think it's all because, you know, it's born of that necessity of if you can't count on U.S. Steel paying Christmas bonuses every year, you've got to find another way to do this. You know, and, and and I think that's where sort of the medical industry stepped in. And and the one thing, and I'll, I'll give Birmingham some props, that that Huntsville doesn't have to the same degree is Birmingham has more of that techie but artistic kind of feel that in Huntsville you don't always get. You know, there's some of that more, 
I'm willing to take a chance on a, a more creative type industry. That in Huntsville, you don't, you know, you're you're pretty pretty constrained as far as what type of business you're going into. Yeah, it feels younger and freer and just that, yeah. you know, by the seat of, by the seat of your britches kind of thing. I tell you, yeah. I, I have been I have been really enjoying sitting here and listening because you guys can just go with it and this is great stuff. <laughs> I will I'll make one complaint. Which one of y'all are riding a horse right now? <laughs> because I hear something. Not me. Not me. Not me. It may be in my headset. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you, Ike. It's not us. I'm, it, it I'm in Huntsville. We don't ride horses. <laughs> we play polo. Remember? No. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Roy, Roy Moore just joined us. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we do not. No, but I uh, I I like talking about this too because it's kind of an interesting perspective. I moved away from Birmingham in 2000, so it's been a while since I've uh been there so you know it's it's still it's a great place and i love going back i love huntsville they're, they're both good cities it's just a little different feel for both of them let me ask you this in, this, in the 18 years you've lived in huntsville or madison or you know wherever yeah. would you say that this would you say that the the image that the city has of itself has remained pretty much the same or would you say that it's improved over time uh you of know huntsville. you mentioned there's been a lot of yeah, you mentioned there's been a lot of really good news in the last two or three years in terms of Huntsville. I've got to imagine that that Huntsville has always had a good image of itself, but it's probably gotten better just in the last few years. Would, would you uh, agree with that? or, or? Um, I don't know if it's – I think people have come to expect it. That's probably the best way to mm-hmm. say it. I think people are very um, – because so much of the success we see – doesn't translate down to the rest of the state. You know, your Polaris and your Remington, Mm -hmm. those are easy for people to understand. But I will tell you one of the biggest things I saw in this community, and this is going to sound so strange for everybody outside this community, was about two years ago a successful missile test that took place in the South Pacific. I saw more people watching their computers and waiting for the results of that missile test than I ever did um, Hmm. anything about an economic announcement so Hmm. it's kind of a weird you know um dynamic that goes on but no i think people here are very proud of that Mm -hmm. um i think Mm -hmm. they like seeing money coming back into the community and they like diversification because there is even though redstone arsenal is very protected because if they are so diverse the army could come in with another brack tomorrow and clean us out and we have an aniston situation you know um, it's probably not going to happen because we are so diversified, but then you've got to have something to fall back on. And we saw that with like an Aniston where the military goes out, and then what do you do? I, I, I think your, your, your difference there is your workforce is already there. Your workforce yeah. is already trained for those businesses because, uh, you know, that's much – what Huntsville does is much more highly specialized than just being a company town or a town that's got one thing going for it. Uh, right. You know, when when Toyota when Mazda Toyota opens up, you're going to have everything associated with that. You're also going to have, well, I mean, you know, we could be here all day talking about the different companies that are there that don't really have much to do with uh, the defense department or, right. you know, aviation. Well, you may tell you who the smartest guy in Huntsville is. I'm going to tell you who the smart lady. I'm not sure who it was. About five years ago, out in the middle of nowhere, 
this person came in and built this really nice luxury apartment complex. And I'm thinking, who would live out here in the middle of nowhere? Well, guess what? <laughs> it is right by where they're going to build Toyota Mazda. And oh, I wow. thought, man, why did I not, you know, years ago, why didn't I figure this stuff out? But so, again, you get these kind of plants, and then you get the big um, developments that come in. You get them more money. You also, though, that's why any whiff, slightest whiff of a government shutdown or something, this whole town's just like, <gasps> You know, or um, a slowdown in defense spending or any of that, you just get this collective deep breath because it worries people. You know, there's just not going to be the same sort of money flowing into the community that there was. Mm-hmm. And there's expensive houses. Engineers buy expensive cars. Not so much houses, but cars. They all buy expensive cars. So, <laughs> <laughs> they make the they're, they're, they, they buy smart houses, but... Right, they've got smart houses and Teslas and stuff. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Well, that's but, why we uh, need we need the private companies. And the, we need a Silicon Valley corridor right here, so they could not have to rely <laughs> on the federals for everything. It it is, but it it's a very um, you know, one thing smart. I think I've seen here, and I've seen some of this in Birmingham too. Is our we have UAH, which obviously is um, you know trains a lot of people that stay here. But it's ten thousand. Know, it's not a huge, huge college, and not everybody wants to go to a four-year college. But what we've seen, which I think is really good, is we have a lot of two-year community colleges that have come in and really tailored specific programs with certain businesses. You know, they're working with Remington and they're working with Toyota, and they're training people. And these kids are graduating and starting at fifty thousand dollars a year, which in Alabama is a great wage at fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, so they're. There's there's that sort of working together to be able to provide that workforce, and mm. and we don't have real bloated municipal job roles. You know, Huntsville doesn't have eight billion employees laying around, um, so that I think that helps too. You're keeping it a little bit leaner than maybe a lot of places. I think uh, in Birmingham's case, a lot of the economic. Uh, off and some of the engine behind some of the tech stuff that you're seeing is UAB. I should have said this earlier. UAB has has done a lot in the last few years of becoming more of, uh, for lack of a better word, an economic engine uh, in in this area. Uh, they have worked with Innovation Depot. They've worked in other programs to try and um, you know kind of foster that attitude and. Uh, you, you know, uh, you mentioned Hudson Alpha. Southern Research in Birmingham is also doing some of this work as well, and that's good. It's not it's not a tech company, but you know, Alabama has put a lot of pride into its uh, automotive industry. Uh, you know, and seen it boom over the last 25 years or so. But the funny thing is, is when you talk to the people in the auto plants who are running the places, they're talking about the fact that they have a hard time with workforce, uh, you know, filling uh, the uh, openings that come open because kids don't understand what it's like to work in a modern auto plant. They're thinking grease, they're thinking really hard working conditions, and, and if you go into the plants, it's not that at all. It's not the way it works. looks and not the way it works, really. And you can go in with a two-year degree from a community college, and you're making really good money really fast and especially for Alabama. And uh, you see that the auto plants and some of the 
some of the some of the other companies in Alabama are trying to kind of bridge this gap and say, hey, you can if you if you apply yourself in this area, you can be making really good money in a technical job that doesn't take a lot of training, and it will equip you for other things going down the line. And that's exciting when you think of the history of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. This has been awesome for mediocre podcast hosts because y'all been uh, <laughs> y'all had some really great stuff. Uh, we are running out of time, and I know y'all have to get on to other things, and uh, we're gonna have to cut it off here in a, in a minute, or uh, nobody will make it to the end. But uh, one th- one thing I'll mention, something we've kind of talked around is is uh, this, this is sort of like a show note. Um, is the differences in parts of Alabama, how uh, with the, the federal government in Huntsville and everything. For folks who don't live here, um, North Alabama and especially Huntsville, Madison, are it is like a it's like Huntsville, USA. I mean, it, it just there's such a connection with other places and 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 Washington, and then in Mobile, it's such a part of the Gulf Coast as well. That you know, it just it has such its own identity. And we're all Alabama, but as you go from north to south, it's pretty incredible how different we can be. But anyway. I just wanted to. Well, yeah, and go to the Black Belt and then try to figure that whole, you know, the whole area is very different. And But I think that's what makes it great. And what we need now, if we can get Birmingham and Huntsville to be this economic engine, is, is let's push some of that technology and growth west and east. And, you know, it, it's going to take more than just two cities to pull it along. Mm-hmm. You, we, we've been talking good news. There, here's a little bit of bad news. Yesterday, uh, Tuskegee made a bid for... Uh, a big government contract to build the next generation of Air Force trainer jets. And they lost out on that bid. It would have been $9 billion. Mm. Now, if you can imagine what $9 billion would have done in an area like Tuskegee, in the Black Belt, you're close to Montgomery, you're you know, basically that corridor between Auburn and Montgomery. Uh, they were talking about what they could do in relation to Montgomery and Dothan, and that would have had the potential to really transform that eastern, southern Alabama corridor into something major. Now, maybe it's the first step towards something else. But, uh, but you know, there are other parts of Alabama that are trying to – and, you know, trying really hard to get in on some of this action. And, and maybe, that's, uh, maybe that's bad news that will get better down the road. And yeah. meanwhile, Huntsville got another rocket plant yesterday. So that's yeah. up for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that kid. It's like we're like the Alabama of Alabama, like the University of Alabama football team of Alabama. We're like, oh yeah, we got another, we got another rocket team. We're good. <laughs> and and Dothan keeps growing and growing and growing up to thirty one. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. More and more, and, more and, and more. And yeah, yeah. Parts of Montgomery. There's a little part there that's kind of making its way. It'll be good. <laughs> All right. Well, I, County, Birmingham, you're okay. <laughs> that's right. Well, I really appreciate both of y'all for for doing this. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, Lita, th- thanks again. Uh, Bill, this is a great season to jump on the Braves bandwagon. We'll have you anytime. Just come on over for the playoffs. We'll take care of it. But uh, y'all, y'all right. be good, and let let's do it again sometime. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. I honestly can't believe that part of my job they pay me for is to sit around and talk about Alabama news with friends. We get to do it only because people listen to it and share it with other folks, so thank y'all very much. The only thing I want to say about this episode is to apologize for some of the audio issues we had with our phones. 
If y'all listen closely enough, I think you'll agree that at one point it did sound like somebody was riding a horse. Now, during the show, I suggested that Roy Moore was on the call. For those who don't know, Moore famously rides a horse. Lately, it's been one named Sassy when he goes to the polls to vote. Say what you will about Moore, and we've picked on him on this show plenty of times, but I stand by what I've said that that's a pretty cool tradition. I don't care what your politics are or what Lita said about it a few shows back. It wasn't so cool to have that sound on top of our audio today, though, and I apologize if there were any annoying moments. We tried to edit out the worst of it. Now again, thank y'all so much for listening. We'll be back bright and early Monday with a news update. For Lita Gore and William Thornton, I'm Ike Morgan. We're down in Alabama. Come see us on the internet at AL.com. <laughs>